crazy. Um, I don't remember any news about it going through the house. I don't remember seeing any community members protesting and signing petitions. I don't see nothing on petition.org. I didn't see nothing on Twitter. I didn't see nothing on Instagram. But minus the signature of the president, which is probably going to happen, daylight savings time is done. Right. That shit is wild. You know what scares me most about that? What? Is that the Senate voted on it unanimously. Right. Now, the House of, Re- the House of Representatives put through an anti-lynching bill a couple weeks ago, and three Republicans voted no, <laughs> which infuriates me, but also doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, because that's how government works, right? You have a thing that seems like, oh, it'll be unanimous, but you know you have people who dissent. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. The fact that nobody disagreed on daylight saving time and that shit just happened right. through the night. And we're just supposed to accept it? Like, I, don't, I, I didn't realize that time was that. Time isn't real. <laughs> it's not real, but I didn't realize that the people in power controlled it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. You, we're running out of time. You know the purpose of daylight savings time was for the farmers. Yeah. So. I mean, most of us ain't farming no more. It's like 13 farmers in America. So we're going to keep daylight saving time for 13 people? I mean, damn. I, mean, I, I would have liked to have seen the debate. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. I didn't see no discourse. I didn't see no public interaction. It's just like, hey, we got rid of daylight saving time. It also reminds me that we're not in a direct democracy. This is a republic. Yeah. That means some nigga who I've never met and probably didn't vote for decided that I didn't want daylight savings time. Now, if you saw the show on Tuesday, you would see that maybe we're not fans of daylight savings right. time, okay? So maybe <laughs> I'm making an argument. I just would have loved to seen some discourse. Hmm. Hit the intro. That intro. Good morning and welcome back to Who Waken Make We. Uh oh. <clears throat> Can I take it again? Can I take it again? Can I take it back? Can Go I take it back? We gotta start the show over. Go ahead, try. <laughs> Go ahead and try. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back to Who Waken Make We Be Mo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a solution baked podcast. Uh, we discuss today's issues and a new blueprint to black culture. We're like Tom Joyner meets Howard Stern with a freshly rolled blunt. I don't know if people get that reference because Howard Stern and Tom Joyner have radio shows that are based on their personality, mm-hmm. but actually the individuals who organize, produce, and make the show go are Sybil. On Tom Joyner yeah. and Robin on Howard Stern. So with mm-hmm. that, with that in mind, I'm your host, Bmo. Okay, please say good morning to our Robin, to our Sybil, to the lady of the house. Okay, say good morning. Hey y'all. 
What's up? And when I say sick, I say this every morning, but I don't see enough comments. So when we do Wake and Bake with Live, and I seen that you was in the show, but you ain't say good morning, <laughs> you're not coming in till you get slapped across the face. <laughs> pow, pow. People got to respect you. And I'm serious about it. Well, say that. good morning to the lady of the house, everybody. Uh, this show is proudly brought to you by the Washington Informer Bridge. For more content from a black-ass source, head over to wibridgedc.com or at wibridgedc on social media for more content. I know a new, uh, a new issue is coming out. See, I love when I go to places mm-hmm. and the bridge is already there. Yeah. Like it's on a chair. Like it's already, somebody's already to cover, which means the cultural institutions that we touch, that we are part of, that affect the culture of this city, are being covered by the Washington Informer Bridge. Shout out to them. Shout out to the, the media princes coming back with another season of What's Going On DMV. Shout out to your boy for being the newest member of the men in media. Now, I asked you this the other day. Are we, are we press? Are we the press? I guess so, yeah, to an extent. I think I should put in the, in the intro that we have... We do not accept the responsibility of being correct. Yeah. We accept ability. We accept the responsibility of doing the work to bring you the new blueprints of Black culture, to bring commentary on the things that are happening around us in our space, and to show it how we see it. Now, if we learn new information, that also means we also had the responsibility to say that we was wrong. Right. Right. But anyway, I don't want to get too too far into that. As always, donations all are accepted. If you want to put it on the blunt, if you would put something down on the rent, head over to bemoreauthentic.com backslash the rent. Put a payment down, goes to my PayPal. Maybe you'll see a nice little alert that pop up on the screen and say, hey, thanks for donating. It is a thing, but nobody's donated yet. But I'm not going to press the wake and bake with Bebo Nights. That's not what we do. It's not a capitalism-based show. This morning's topics, we want to talk about a few things this morning. We got some great things. We want to finish up a conversation we were ending last week, uh, quality with Emerald. We're going to finish that conversation. We have our new Paul Robeson Negroes of the Week. Whew. And then lastly, I have my hypocritical thought of the week. But I say we jump right into the... What you want to start with? I, I, I didn't write down an order on the situation, so we can start with the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. Or we could start with Emerald. I think in the queue is Emerald and quality, but we could start with the Paul Robeson. It's up. It's up to you. You want to do Emerald first? Yeah, let's do Emerald first. That is that continuing the Rat in the Kitchen conversation? That's continuing the Rat in the Kitchen conversation. So I just let's let's recap and then I'll bring you back. So uh, on Tuesday we we were having a conversation at the end of the show about quality, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's this show that's coming on TBS. It's called Rat in the Kitchen. Play the trailer real fast. Oh, I gotcha! Welcome, chefs, to a culinary whodunit. This March, every week, six new cooks compete. Thought I didn't see you now. Except one chef is secretly trying to sabotage them all. Holy cow, the sauce was like salt water. And steal the prize. Would you say why that was going on? So stupid. So stupid. So we we compared that to a quote that Emerald gave. Now, if you don't know Emerald is, play the Emerald Bam clip. 
What'd you say? <laughs> Salt Bay who? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Emerald was on before Stephen A. Smith. Just, just want to give you context oh, really? on that. So when it came to the loud personality on television, I feel like Emerald had the monopoly first. Okay. <laughs> See how he, he, he got his foot. See, it started with a bam. <laughs> Bless Emerald. But Emerald was a famous uh, a cook that was very popular on Food Network back in my time in the early 2000s. One of the most popular Food Network shows of all time. One of the most popular cooking shows of all time. When it came to canceling his show, here's what Emerald said. He said, I'm old-fashioned, and I want to teach people how to cook, how to eat, how to serve, how to shop, how to drink wine, how to mix a cocktail properly. I didn't necessarily, at the time, want to get involved in the competition stuff, and so I didn't. Until I saw that there were some real ones out there like Top Chef, but the other ones were really fake. I would say that Emerald would categorize... Rat in the Kitchen is one of those fake experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So while you and I were having a conversation about what happened to quality, brought in my man Zeppelin's argument about duplicating uh, recent musicians' blueprints and they they mm, low-level songs. I don't want I have to be careful about my adjectives. And they low-level songs and how people are repeating that strategy because they want to be successful rather than be great musicians, right? Mm -hmm. So we're missing quality and replacing it for, I would say quantity, but it looks like niggas just looking for influence and numbers and, and money, right? We're not trying to be the best at a thing. We're not trying to participate in a culture. Whoa. We're trying to build off a of dissension. We're trying to build off a of competition. We're trying to build off a of sabotage. Never in my 32 scene, soon to be 33 three years of life, did I think that we would ever be competing to see who's the worst. Right. You say Not the best, but the worst. With the worst. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so, you and I, uh, we were talking, going through the thing. I was tweeting back and forth. Make sure y'all watch Pardon Me with Pete on, on YouTube. We're going to get a, a formal uh, par uh, a partnership together with them really soon. Uh, but anyway, uh, my man Parrish from over at uh, Pardon Me with Pete, we're having a conversation on Twitter, and he drops this document on me. Did I put the document in? Or I put the white supremacy should be the thing? Yeah. Okay, he drops this doc in there, and in this doc, it lists the characteristics of white supremacy. Let's look at these things real fast. Right? You press interact, it should blow up big on you, and then scroll down to the one that we think is in question. Okay. So, my man, pa I want I you... I can't scroll. Huh? I can't scroll down. You can't? Mm-mm. It's just the, the part that's there. Oh, wait. Uh, maybe if I zoom out? Okay. Still not gonna let me scroll. Damn, I was afraid that was gonna happen. It was testing well during the during the tech situation. But either way, either way, in this document, maybe I can share it with y'all um, in some way. If you go over to the Twitter, we can make sure we we can retweet that again today. But in this document, to my surprise and non-surprise, this document gives the characteristics and the reasonings and some of the tenets of white supremacy. One of the things on there is, to my surprise, Imani. Quality over quantity. It is of white supremacist culture to accept quantity over quality. Meaning in this thought of white supremacy, in this thing where we have normalized the white experience, they're not worried about if it's good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got it now. They're worried about how many we can make. Okay, read some of the tenets that's under the... Under the um, quality versus quality? Yeah. All resources of organization are directed toward producing measurable goals. All things that can be measured are more highly valued than things that cannot. For example, numbers of people attending a meeting, newsletter circulation, 
money spent are valued more than quality of relationships, democratic decision-making, ability to constructively deal with conflict. And you know what you can't quantify? Exactly what Emerald said. You can't quantify teaching people how to cook, how mm -hmm. to eat, how to interact with culture. Right. You just want numbers. See mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Influencers versus musicians. Keep going. Uh, little or no value attached to process. If it can't be measured, it has no value. Discomfort with emotion and feelings. Say, say that part again. Little less, to what? Little or no value attached to process. Now, now, let's put let's put that in, in, in context, right? Mm -hmm. I love smoking. Like I love to smoke, mm -hmm. but the smoking experience of smoking is really just one fifth of the whole experience. Right. Right. We got to get the weed. We got to smell it. We got to roll it. We got to put the filter in. We got to light it. And then we got to have the conversation after. We got to figure out how we're going to use a roach in two or three days. Like there's a whole <laughs> ecosystem of marijuana use. But if we were only to focus on the smoking part, y'all would say, oh, you're just a pothead. No, no, no. I'm a lover of the culture. Right. Back to Emerald again. I want to teach people how to cook, how to drink wine, how to make cocktails, how to match their stuff with the culture. I want to I want to make a difference in the culture, not necessarily be the most popular person. Mm -hmm. Give me two more. Uh, this is the last one, okay, but it's, cool. it's, I guess it's a big one. Um, no understanding that when there's a conflict between content, the agenda of the meeting, and process, people's need to be heard or engaged, process will prevail. For example, you may get through the agenda, but <clears throat> excuse me, if you haven't paid attention to people's need to be heard, the decisions made at the meeting are undermined and or disregarded. <laughs> Ooh. So we could check off all the things on the list. Mm-hmm. But if we haven't done the work, we haven't done the work. Right. That's crazy. I feel like we're going to keep referencing this white supremacy document. Mm -hmm. just, just scroll up. Just let the people see in case, in case they was confused about some of the tenets of white supremacy. Let's look at some of the other ones. So we got defensiveness, mm. sense of urgency. Mm. You know what gets me about sense of, you know what You know what gets me? You know what gets me? Um... Let me frame this in a way that's positive. People will apologize for taking too long to text back. Mm -hmm. And every time they apologize, I'm like, I wasn't expecting your attention. You'll get back to me when you get back to me. Right. I've always looked at text messages like they were letters. Mm -hmm. It takes three, four days to get there. It might take three or four days to get back. <laughs> yeah. I've never, underst I've never understood the sense of, like, just because you can contact me mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I have to have the same sense of urgency to contact you back. And my sense of urgency is not, um, my sense of urgency is not demonstrative of my passion. Right. I'm getting to you in time. Right. Not on time. Right. That's a black thing. In like time. Not on time. Yeah. Mm. Give it one more. Give it one more. We can move on. Uh, perfectionism. Now that's the shit that got me. I had to read that one a couple times. Read the second point under perfectionism. We got some comments also. Oh, nice. Um, I love me some comments. More common is to point out either how the person or work is inadequate. 
let's get to some. What, what are your thoughts on quality and white supremacy? Did you did you see this coming? Did I see that it would be quality over quantity, or so quantity you, over quality? Yeah, when we when we were well, not that part. When we were we were using this Emerald situation to mm-hmm. start to draft a new thought process about quality. And then it turns out that this new blueprint that we were dis- that this new blueprint that, that we were getting ready to craft mm-hmm. is in the same page, is on the same design as the other new blueprints that we have. The dismantling of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. The crafting of new interpretations of black culture. Right. Did you see? I didn't if you had asked me Monday if quality and quantity, the 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 juxtaposition of which was Attended to white supremacy, I'd have been like, I don't know. Right. Yeah, that. I didn't know there was a direct correlation. Yeah. <laughs> we got some comments though. What's the comments? Okay. Um... Oh, before you get to the comments, to all my people over on Instagram, you can always check us out on YouTube or Twitter. You get the full screen. You can see all the things that are happening in the corner, the full lower thirds. We use Instagram to get your attention. But if you want to travel over to the YouTube, over to the Twitter, just type in BMO Brown, B-E-M-O Brown, and either one of those platforms, we should pop up and be right there. If not, head over to at Wake in Bake with BMO on Instagram. Click the link in the bio, and you'll see that we're over there. Let's get to some of these comments. Um, in regards to what we were just talking about, yeah. Kendall says, seems more like a capitalist quality, though. How is quantity over quality inherently white? White is in quotes. I don't know. I'm just following the document. <laughs> I'm just following the document. It actually, that was actually, if I was going to push back against this document, it would be, well, what the hell is white supremacy? Mm. Right. Are we blaming all the trash things that happened in America on white supremacy? Because that's the case. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with the... Um, oh, and, and is capitalism not white supremacy? Right. So I, be, I feel like that answers your question. Yeah. Right? Capitalism... Remember, capitalism was built on a principal quality, and you and I are representatives of that principal quality. Mm-hmm. Principal... Um, capital. So, also, yes. we know the people who benefit the most from capitalism, right? In their hierarchy, in yeah, you know what kills me? Um, when niggas don't want to talk about race, they start talking about money. But <laughs> I know how the wealth gap works. I know who's poverty. Like I know there's some poor white folks. Yeah, sure. Right. But right. I know who the I know who they talking about. <laughs> When you talk about crime in poor in poor neighborhoods, you're not talking about the fucking Appalachian Mountains. Right. I know what you're talking about. Right. You're not talking the about West Virginia. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, you just reminded me of um, I've been seeing a lot of people say that since the Ukrainian war has started, yeah, they've seen a lot of reporters who are white um, mm-hmm. doing the whole this is not supposed to happen to us. And I'm seeing a lot of blonde haired, blue eyed people out there and people who look like my mom and yeah. They have said they have actually said those things. So, <laughs> are we in focus? We good? Are you a little? You a little? Okay, you good now. <laughs> we got any more comments? What else we got? Um. Well, Akila's here. Akila. Um. Kendall says, "Well, in that case, yeah, I'm rolling." All right, bet. <laughs> yeah, Akila's just saying, like. Uh, good morning. Oh, nice. Be more nice, yeah. Nice. Love partnering with P, you know. 
those things. And part would be is a man. Yeah. Is a man dismantling racism himself. All right. You um, also said they can't hear us when the videos are on, but do you want you want us to be heard? Or do you still want us to be muted? Nah, we can be muted for now. Okay. There might be a little feedback. We're gonna work that out in tech yeah. rehearsal, figure okay. it out. Because we don't I don't like I don't want to wear no headphones. True. And so it's in order to us to not wear headphones, like we just gotta manipulate the mics from okay. time to time. That's all. Okay. That's all. But but roll with us, y'all. You know, we a growing show. We still rolling. Um uh what else? What else? What else? I feel like it's a I feel like it's a good rap on that. I feel like we can we can return back to this. I feel like we're referring back to this white supremacist document that is provided by um the name of the website is I can't remember. Dismantlingracism.org. Dismantlingracism.org. Definitely go check them out if you want to get some more resources or read this document in full. Kendall, if you want to understand white supremacy a little bit more, you know, we can, we can do that. But I feel like all you got to do is, like we did on Tuesday, trust your gut. Yeah. Trust your gut. And if something seems adverse to your culture, that's probably whiteness. <laughs> that's probably whiteness. Mm-hmm. But it's rolling time, y'all. It's rolling time. I want to thank, today's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Jack's last day. Aww. All right, we've had a jam of two weeks, um, uh, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited that today's rolling session is being sponsored by the good folks over at Crab Shack Music. Okay, mm-hmm. if you need some mixing, some mastering, some studio time, if you want to put down that track that you've been having on your heart, I think you're pretty, <laughs> or no pretty backside. If you want to go do that, if you want to put down some podcast tracks, you need some consultation or some studio time, you want to put down your guitar tracks or your bass lick, whatever you need to do in the studio, hit my man up at crabshackmusic.com. Huh? We need to go to the studio. We should go to the studio. <laughs> put the lower third up. Hit my man up at crabshackmusic.com. Let them know that BMO sent you. I'm saying it's going to put a smile on his face. We got a jam of the week, the cover of You Just Don't Know How... Beautiful you are. And baby, that's my favorite part. I don't even know the real song, but I know this song. I know this joint. I know Micah's voice. This joint is featuring Micah. You know I'm a big fan over there. Tashira, which thousand percent Tashira fan page over here. Mm-hmm. We like what I say on Tuesday? We like power. <laughs> <laughs> we like power. Um, uh, 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 Patience is in there. Jack is on the drums. Mark Meadows, who if you didn't listen to last, last Tuesday, put me in the mix. Damn near dunked on my punk ass. <laughs> is in this video. Yes, yeah, somebody in this video damn near dunked on your boy. Okay? Damn, I'm supposed to be dark-skinned and tall. I'm supposed to be getting beaten basketball by a light-skinned, curly-haired dude. Come on. Wesley Snipes would be disappointed in me. I'm sorry, Wesley. Anyway, today's rolling session is being sponsored by CrabShackMusic.com. Make sure y'all go over there, but also check out this wonderful cover. Again, featuring some of the greatest musicians in the DMV area. We'll be right back with more Awaken Bake We It B. What? Mo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just don't know how 
it's only tonight, yeah We don't need to worry, we ain't in a hurry Rushing into love You know, I know exactly who you are Ain't no need to lie The universe couldn't keep us apart Things come together, they've got to fall apart. Even though I'm always sober, sometimes life still gets hard. I really just want to sit around and talk about you. Cause you don't, you don't know just how beautiful you are. And maybe that's my favorite part. And you walk around so clueless. Mr. Jack Kilby. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time. So much love in the room right now. We just wanted to share it with you. Hopefully you pass it along. Gonna be so sad. I'm gonna be watching that video in my free time. Jack, we want to thank y'all um, for sponsoring the show for these last two weeks. Make sure y'all, again check out crabchatmusic.com to see more. I don't know if there are more covers like this, but more situations like this. And make sure you get in the studio. You too should be laying down tracks. Right. Right. Me and the lady of the house had a conversation last night. We was like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we should be musicians. Right? Maybe because we have so much respect for the craft. We're like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't I can't sing like this year. I'm not finna do that. Right? But then I hear, I'm not gonna say no names, but then I hear insert, insert influencer who has no interest in being a genuine a genuine musician singing the same four notes over and over again and they're making millions of dollars. So then fuck it. Maybe we should go to the studio. We are trained musicians. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? You would too much respect. <laughs> it's too much respect. Uh, before we get to our next topic, we want to thank the good folks over at Street Lawyer Services for gifting this morning's blunt. This morning blunt, again, is being brought to us by Street Lawyer Services DC. Head to Street Lawyer Services DC or Street Lawyer Services New York, Street Lawyer, Street Lawyer Services Miami to get you some gifted I-71 product. Now, I've said this a thousand times before and I'll say it again. I love the weed man. Yeah. Because supporting the weed man is black business. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I want to know exactly what I'm getting. And right. Not necessarily, um, man, this shit gas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes I don't want it. <laughs> Never mind. I was, I was going to say, I don't want it out your bare hands. Some, right. Sometimes <laughs> I don't want it in your bare hands in the grocery bag. Sometimes I want a little packaging. Right. Lord have mercy, but it ain't your fault. Black businesses have a hard time scaling, okay? <laughs> Even the weed man. So this morning's this morning we are smoking another sativa because we are not Indica niggas. We are not of the Indica tribe. I saw the results of the test. I see a lot of you, some Indica. I'm going to call y'all uh, Indica narcoleps. That's what I'm going to call you. I see a lot of y'all just walking sleepwalkers around here. I want Jesus. So we smoking apple fritter this morning that's being curated and cured by the people over at Street Lawyer Services DC. I have had apple fritter several times before. I will say, um, based on the smell, whew. Fruity sativas, man. I tell you, I, mm. I can do that all day. Based on the smell, it's got that fruity situation, but it's also got that that back taste of a little cedar in there. So it's going to have like that mature smoke. Bam. Might be a little, give it a sniff. It's got a little back. It's a hybrid. Yeah. It's a sativa dominant, <clears throat> dominant hybrid. You see what I'm saying? In the back of the throat, it's giving you a little. It is a little like piney. Yeah. That mean, I feel like when that, that turpin comes out and the smoke is like a. It feels like heavy smoke, but it's like a, uh, it's the gas taste, the exotic taste mm. that we really love. So we're going to spark this up and see what they're hitting on, and we'll get right back to more. Hawaii, bake, will you be? You put a little third down there? The Street Lord Service? Yeah. yeah. Mo, <laughs> yeah. Y'all see we didn't use our own track for the intro song, all right? Mm-hmm. We're saving it. We saving it. We saving it for our Emerald Live situation. <laughs> we, we doing the Emerald Live intro anyway. It's time for my favorite part of the week. Okay, it's time for literally <laughs> okay. my favorite part of the week. It's time for the 
Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Awards. If you didn't know, we give out a weekly award to Paul Robeson Negro of the Week to the individuals we feel like are inspiring, giving us joy, pushing black forward, doing dope shit, defending themselves, revolutionary acts. I mean, Paul Robeson was a revolutionary guy, one of the first, first black men to be a star in America. The end of his career didn't end so great with accusations of socialism, I believe. So we, that's the energy that we need, mm -hmm. right? Dangerous, but you a star. This week's Paul Robeson Negroes of the Week. Just give him the trailer. I'm not going to say it out loud. We put it in, in double time because it's a little dry, but mm -mm. hit it. I have always believed in the American dream. Since I started my company over 50 years ago, I considered our greatest responsibility to understand, be inspired by, and aspire to the dreams of all of those who call this country home. When I was approached with the idea of a collection inspired by the heritage and traditions of the timeless dressing of historically black colleges and universities, it became clear that part of our design sensibility has been missing. This special collaboration with the students, the faculty, and alumni of Morehouse and Spelman Colleges, two esteemed institutions attended by our own employees, extends the authenticity of our brand heritage, writing untold chapters in our storytelling. Our portrait of American style and our vision of the American dream would be incomplete without black experiences like these. I'm so honored to be part of it. at HBCUs from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s has a lot to do with self-determination, which is one of the main reasons that so many of us choose to attend HBCUs and to educate our children at HBCUs. One of the things I'd like to say about the significance of Ralph Lauren, seeing us and seeing what our institutions produce, recognizing that for hundreds of years, and for certainly decades, there was an identity placed at majority Ivy schools that people didn't realize were happening at other places. Look at these beautiful, beautiful black people. Our Paul Robeson Negroes of the Week. It ain't Polo. It ain't even Morehouse. Our Paul Robeson Negroes of the Week, in case you haven't heard these names, are two individuals. The two individuals who brought this thing to life. Uh, Mr. James Jeter mm -hmm. and Dara Douglas. Paul Robeson is smiling down <laughs> on your beautiful black bougie asses. I love it. I motherfucking love it. My Jack and Jill five-time debutante ass. What? My traditional Howard upper middle class lived on the white side of town breaking color lines ass? Sign me the fuck up! <laughs> Sign me up! I was laughing because it went all the way up to the end of the red. <laughs> Sign me up though! Yeah. Don't turn it down. Okay. Don't turn it down. Cause it, it, I think it'll work. I think it'll work out. Okay. Um, 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 um. Yeah. What? 
This shit is beautiful. It's beautiful. Now let's let's do let's do a little investigation. We're gonna look at my man James Jeter first. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read a little bit of his story. Bear with me and my dyslexic ass. All right. So James Jeter said I started working at Ralph Lauren when I was 16 years old at the rugby store in Georgetown to all my real niggas from DC. You know what that is. I was there. <laughs> if you knew me then. Do you know all I wore was rugby, polo, and all the vintage clothes that I could find? I didn't realize it at the time, but that after-school job would end up shaping the next decade of my life and serve as the foundation for the collection and campaign that I'm proud to introduce to you today. It has been the honor of my life for Ralph Lauren, the man, to trust me with the brand and the employer uh, with the creative freedom to conceptualize, conceptualize, creatively direct, and design the Ralph Lauren... Uh, the Polo Ralph Lauren exclusively for Morehouse and Spelman College's collections and campaign. The only school I applied to was Morehouse College. When I was 17 years old, my father drove me down from it, from D.C. to Atlanta, I, and I keenly remembered arriving on campus and being immersed in the uncompromised beauty and black excellence encompassed on hallowed grounds of Morehouse and Spelman Colleges. Nearly two years ago, I began designing several creative presentations that served as an exhibition into the cultural and uh, the cultural traditions of uh, our exhibition, I'm sorry, the cultural traditions of African-American life, which I shared with Ralph, called him by his first name. Uh, I drew photographs from Morehouse to Spelman's yearbooks from the 1920s and 1950s, reminiscent of the beauty that I had witnessed upon arriving campus. The images above would become the inspiration for the designs and overall foundation for the collection. Beautiful. Let's read a little bit about uh, my girl Dara Douglas, co-Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, who was the director of inspirational content at the Ralph Lauren Library. Mm -hmm. Historian, academic work. Okay? Her title isn't director of diversity. Inspirational content. Mm -hmm. Just based on our LinkedIn, we couldn't find a picture. Don't seem like Dara wants to be found, so we can respect that. She's an experienced archivist, collections manager with a demonstrated history of working in museums and private collections. Mm -hmm. She's applied museum best practices for over 50,000-plus pieces. Multicultural, corporate, heavy circulating, textile, and costume collections. She creatively addresses a range of private collection problems from co conservation needs, storage solutions, and pest management. That's right. Your girl out here stomping the rats out <laughs> to keep the art safe. That's real, because I ain't doing it. And she's very experienced with updating archive databases and metadata, which means she's taking it over into the digital world. Mm -hmm. These are our Paul Robeson. I'm so proud of these two individuals. Right. They seem so young. James is a class of 13. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's your class? No. What's that's, your class? that's when I came in. Oh, okay. For sure. For, yeah. sure, for sure. It's two years after I was, well, I should have graduated in 2011. I graduated in 2012. So it's the okay. next after me. Ah, I should have graduated in 2017. Yeah. It's the fifth. Yeah. Right, 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 I, took, I took a fifth. I took a fifth. <laughs> I took a fifth. Um, um, as, the, as the white people would say, I had a, what was it called? Um, when you take a break for a year. Sabbatical? I had a quick sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, I had a quick sabbatical. I had to take a leave of absence from my education for a moment. I need a break. Uh -huh. I need a gap year. I had a gap right, year right, between right. my fourth and fifth year. Yes, that's never, never actually left, but mm. you know. I was gapped though. Yeah, right, I was right, gapped. Right, right. I was gapped though. So these two of my these two of my Paul Robeson Negroes of the week, I want to award them for bringing this thing to life. I think it's 
what a story to go from an after-school job, which I'm wondering why he had the after-school job. I wonder if it was a, I wonder if it was a necessity or if it was an interest. And either way, um, um, and he's from here, so I wonder where he's from here. I don't know too many black people who live in Georgetown, who live in that area. So mm-hmm. my man was traveling to Georgetown to go to the rugby store, which was popping if you never went, mm-hmm. to go to the rugby store, work there, and then continued his matriculation all the way up to a partnership with Ralph. Isn't that what we want? Right. Interesting point in one of the articles it said um Ralph Lauren never actually knew about the historical significance of HBCUs. Of course not. Yeah. Bring that article up because I feel like uh, there's a there's a reason why Ralph Lauren did this. Right? So we know this now that we know the story of the two individuals, these two mm-hmm. black people who used the inspirations of the twenties through the fifties of HBCU culture to bring this this capsule to life. And we know that Ralph Lauren is a brand that celebrates Americana, mm-hmm. right? Which is why they were selected to be the brand of the Olympic team, mm-hmm. right? But why? How did this happen? Like, how did this connect happen? Because Kanye was in pink polos a long time ago. How come? How come there wasn't a fucking right. a black collection in? Mm-hmm. What happened? Um, well, it was really the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm, talk about it. Talk about it. You got the article up? Yeah, I'm scrolling now. Let's see. This shit fly. It's fly. <laughs> yeah, shit's hella fly. Mm. Oh, the people can see? Yeah. Oh, good, 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 good. At least I hope so. Oh, I hope some of y'all got some comments. Because I know the Instagram and, and it, the Twitter was blowing up. I hope y'all, some of y'all got some comments <laughs> now. What are we looking at? What are we looking at? Uh, I can't see, so you got to talk us through. Okay. Okay, the campaign comes after the label promised in 2020 to, quote, deeply examine bias across its company and practices. Among a host of commitments, which included giving leadership roles and fair benefits to black employees, investing in education and supporting um, non-government organizations that support communities of color, the label pledged to examine how we portray the American dream and use our brand voice. And the latter promise included a commitment to use black models in at least 20% of its marketing and advertising. But I don't think this is the article, actually. It might be the other article. Well, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to hear you oh, say, okay. though. That's okay. what I wanted to hear you say. That, so... It's been a year now, so I can tell you. At Creative Theory, which is one of the places that I work with, mm-hmm. we did a data report. We did an investigation and survey on if brands were keeping their promises or if black people actually wanted what brands were promising back during that summer 2020 when niggas lost their mind and now they try to give everything away, give everything away, right? Right. So we did that survey to find out if people could be held accountable. I didn't do polo specifically, but one of the people that I looked up was Levi. Levi said at that time in 2020, they said, oh, we internally looked, and it turns out that we ain't shit. Mm-hmm. I have seen, I have visibly seen, I have to do like intrinsic research, but I have visibly seen Levi partner with and do raw representative work for black, for the black demographic, right? right? So it's very, I'm very, I'm very careful to say this. It's very cool Mm-hmm. That this white institution looked at itself, said, "Oh shit, we are part of the problem. Right. Let's do something about it." Right. James said he'd been working on this for two years. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Immediate action then. 
right. something happened quickly. Right. I don't know how James made the connection. Maybe he was already pitching the work. Ralph heard it. Mm-hmm. You said Ralph didn't even know. Right. Yeah. James educated him on it, which is what made the collection come to life. Let's see if okay. I can find that. Do you want okay. me to? Yeah. Keep looking through the article. I'm gonna talk okay. through it. So I want because I want the people to see because the pictures are in the article. So I want people to be able to see the situations while I'm talking about it. Company looks within itself, see that it's not doing the work that it's think it's doing, takes the first step. Mm-hmm. And the first step is to educate Ralph Lauren on the history and traditions of our institutions so that, that can be considered within the Americana, uh, the Americana tradition. Now, as I'm saying this out loud, I recognize that there are thoughts like, okay, that's cute, but what that mean? Right. I want you to bring up these tweets. Okay. I got to close this then, the article. Uh, Dr. Carr says, Ralph Lauren should have heard my students um, dissecting their profit-driven fashion Morehouse slash Spellman mashup. Companies mimicking, oh, companies mining black spaces for hashtag woke profiteering should profit share with victims of state violence, not enhance growing class cleavages in black America. Yeah, right. Okay. Right? Cute. But how does this free us? A student challenged him. Press the eyeball on um, tweet three, I think. Or tweet one, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. Wait, you said tweet one? Yeah. Okay. Read that one. So if a Howard alum working at, say, Gucci came to Howard and with agreement from Gucci to do a line specifically for Howard with further partnership and internships and scholarship opportunities, would Howard turn them away? Valid question. Right. Press the eyeball on, the, on, on tweet two. Dr. Carr says it's how capitalism works. Of course, that's a problem in itself, but that's going to persist until it doesn't. It shouldn't be celebrated and claimed by those who embrace it. Don't message that as attempts to build structural movements for social change. That's contemptuous. So Right. So actually, my one, and if you can find this in the article while I'm talking about it, my one bit of criticism for this capsule my one bit of criticism for this collection is that they chose to, this is going to sound crazy, right? But if you've done the work, follow me, right? If you've done the work, you'll follow me. My one criticism of the situation is that they felt like they had to donate to the cause in order to incorporate the black experience into their archival mm-hmm. Americana experience. Right. That may, be, that may be like a disrespectful thing to say now. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Donate to HBCUs because you're using HBCU things. You got to. Mm-hmm. In the climate of things today, if you're going to use the image of blackness until the reparations come, until that financial equity comes, until this wealth gap is closed, until the opportunity is mm-hmm. there equitably, yeah, you got to sprinkle a little money on the, yeah, 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 you got to put 20 in the matrix D's hand. You're damn right. right. Okay? And I'm not shamed about it. But I feel like the radical, equitable future is we don't got to do that. You don't have to be part of the cause. To be considered or to be respected, to be enamored by the people who are majorly, at least in a white sense, defining what Americana culture is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. You got it? Read the quote. Okay, it's uh, it's two paragraphs. What this campaign emphasizes is one of 
was one part of a complex history of black expression, one that Ralph Lauren himself was completely unaware of until just a couple of years ago mm. when the 82-year-old took part in a series of company-wide conversations about race in 2020. He found himself talking with a young designer named James Jeter, whose association with the company began right before college when he worked as a salesperson in one of its stores. And his quote is, as a student at Morehouse, my chapter advisor would take us through these old yearbooks from the 20s and 30s to show us some of the earlier chapter members from our fraternity. Wow. He told NPR, and I couldn't help but see all the beautiful images from the 20s, 30s, and 40s of the students within those yearbooks. <clears throat> wow, I remember. Oh, I remember more. when um, when Time put that capsule out, and niggas was going crazy over over it on uh, on Twitter. Keep oh, going. okay. I presented those images to Ralph, and he had not been aware of that history from HBCUs and had not seen those photos before. And he was immensely inspired by what was shown, and really from that point em- empowered me to take the lead on making this a collection and presenting this to the world. Keep going. Oh, and it says he worked closely to develop the collection with Derek Douglas. Oh, I wanted to. Did he talk about the donations to HBCUs? Uh, let me see. I might have passed it. Because I feel like in I feel like in the radical, equitable future, we don't got to do that. You don't got to put down. You got to put in on the cause. Like you could just cool. We with it. But right now, you're damn right. It does say that um, they earned an estimated six billion dollars in 2018. Uh, the campaign made much of a $2 million donation last year for student scholarship at 12 HBCUs, including Spelman and Morehouse, through the United Negro College Fund. And see, when she starts talking about how much, yeah, kind of like, uh. yeah, and then the final quote says, um, Consider Jones unimpressed. If you say $2 million per semester per school, now you've got my attention. Because, like, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I will but. give you a little context. When we were doing the research, the highest money that I saw was given per year over four years was Target, and that was two hundred million. Oh wow! Target gave two hundred million in services and money um, to Black Agenda Points mm-hmm. over four years. Right. Wow, the bravery, right, and the gall mm-hmm. when asked the question to give an answer, right. Bravo to these young people. Mm-hmm. Bravo to these young people. These people are our age. Right. But I want to get to the thing that Dr. Carr said before, before I close this out, right? The last, tweet that, the last tweet that he said is, let's not message this as if this is the answer, as this is the end point to the revolution. No. Right. Is the sweatshirt fly? Absolutely. Is the concept dope? Absolutely. Is the connection between and the partnership between Morehouse and Ralph Lauren dope? Will I be spending my money on March 30th for this stuff? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But will this free us? No. Right. I might wear it to the march. I might have the pants on when 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 we sign the freedom papers. I right. might shine my shoes when we get reparations. Mm-hmm. I might pull up my socks uh, when mm-hmm. capitalism fall. But will this capsule free us? No. Will it free the two our two Negroes of the week? Absolutely not. I got a burning question for Uh-oh. you. Oh, now it's time for the burning question <laughs> of the Rocha. Okay. No, this will not free us. Yeah. 
But do you think that this will be the catalyst or maybe the starting point or no. anything to begin the conversation? Nope. No? Nope. Well, damn. Capitalism will not free us. It's as simple as that. I try, I've tr- oh, wait, as a wait, wait. lover of capitalism and neo capitalism, I have tried to work it out, but we are the capital. Yes, okay, I agree with you. Go ahead. But if capitalism won't save us, if we received re- reparations, what would that do if the capitalism won't save us? So if we receive reparations, then at least we have received an apology and a financial restitution for what we have created in this country. Yeah. So at least at some point, we'd be equitable in the capitalistic game. So it wouldn't be an automatic. So when we say poor communities, we would be talking about the Appalachian people and the, in the, in the white people in the, in the mountains who get their kids Mountain Dew. That's who we would be talking about. We wouldn't be code for urban communities. Red lines would be the richest communities then. That's the difference. Okay. Then we can move. We can do things. We can we can have different have a different perspective and, and live a different life and be atoned for the things that happened to our ancestors, at least financially. But I don't feel like, to your point, I don't feel like reparations in itself will free us. Right. Because while you're saying that, to me, I just feel like it might be a situation where they'll move the goalpost. Oh, cool. <laughs> right. So, like, our wealth won't be shit by the time we get it. They always change the rules on us, right. man. <laughs> Shakari Richardson couldn't run in the Olympics because she tested positive for an edible that she had a couple days before the, before the meet. After her mom died. After her you? mother died. Russian girl on the on the opiates. Bruh. <laughs> something, something that could actually help you go forward and be better at your job. If you like in pain and shit. Nah, she could she could perform. Suck off. What? <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> anyway, what was the burning question? Ask the burning question again. Well well, is this the catalyst or does it start the conversation? No. Is it the turning point? No. Capitalism won't things. save us. And then Owen says, Is this on the path of freedom or does it distract from the work work? And then also welcome to the dark side. I want you to pull up the white supremacy document. I want you to pull it up because now I feel like it's the first time I can use it in action. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, shit. You scroll into the one, you already, got, you, already, you already know the one I'm thinking of? Well, there's a couple that we didn't even... There's one that address. Owen just referred to. Let's see. Oh, there's, a, okay. We got fear of open conflict, power hoarding, no. Either or thinking. Either <laughs> or thinking. We're not doing that, oh. <laughs> it is it is neither both yes and a community answer to your question of a distraction and the path of. <clears throat> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. This might this might this might inspire somebody to be more uh 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 independent and ageful and try to think about how they can invest in their own resources. I still contend. Okay, so if you want to talk about the path, the path to liberation, right? Mm-hmm. So if we go from, I'm thinking about in terms of represent, representation, I'm pulling from a scale that I did on some research uh, not too long ago. If we go from um, 
no representation to um, like blackface mm -hmm. to tokenism to least independence mm -hmm. and then sustainable I mean yeah yeah least independence and then sustainable true independence mm -hmm. right now we are in an era right before sustainable and where it's least where big corporations and big organizations are giving us money to depict black culture. Right. Right? But it is not something that is of our own. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about our Negroes of the Week. I'm talking about Issa Rae. Right. Right? I'm talking about Donald Glover. I'm Honestly, talking about... even Beyonce. I'm talking about... I'm not going to say a name. Mm -hmm. I knew you ain't like Beyonce. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Beyonce. <laughs> I love Beyonce. You trying to get me attacked? Yeah, <laughs> they gonna come after me. Yeah, you, I want I want the beehive to come for you. Why? I don't know. I don't know. So as much as I love these situations, I feel like we're in this era, like you know, we're we're getting paid these big monies to do these very cool black things. Mm -hmm. But is it the answer? No, it's not the answer. And even the answer is not the answer. The answer is just part of the answer. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be crying like Randy Moss when I'm 45. Oh, I just got that feeling. I'm trying not to have that thought, but it feels like it's going to be that thing. It feels like I'm going to be crying crying on TV because they still got racism when I'm 45. Man, I surely hope not. But uh, it's been a great episode. I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of Awake and Make We Be. We had one more topic, topic, and the topic was... I'm tired of learning. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna save my hypocritical thought of the week for next week. But I'm gonna leave it with the spicy thought. I am tired of learning. <laughs> like I am. T See, I don't, don't get me started. Mo, yeah. You can check us out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. BeMoreAuthentic.com. Check out the replay, which is going to be instant on Twitter. So check me out on Twitter at BeMo Brown. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, the channel is Wake and Bake with BMO, or is it just BMO? I think. It, I think it's just BMO. I think it's just BMO. I, I think, think it's it just, is just BMO. It's just BMO. Yeah, capitalize that M, baby. Capitalize that M. I winked at the people. Nobody saw me. I, <laughs> I winked at the people. Anyway, um, thank y'all for pulling up. Uh, oh, don't leave. 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 I have a surprise for you. I have a surprise for you. Wait, did I actually put it in there? <laughs> Come sit right here. <laughs> what? No, I got my scarf on. Oh, man. Did I actually put it in there? What's up? Damn. I didn't put it in there again. But if while I'm talking, if you can actually put it in there, I saved it. Okay, hold um, on. Studio mode. In the visual file. I have a surprise for the people. All right? Actually, put up the donate button while you're looking for it, okay? Okay. You can on. always donate to BMO, to the show, okay? BMOAuthentic.com backslash Durant, D-A-R-E-N-T. Okay, not the band. <laughs> you can always donate to the show. Make sure you check out our sponsors. We have Street Lawyer Services for giving us this wonderful bud. Apple Fritter, tell them BMO sent you. Sativa Dominant Hybrid. Love on it. We have my main man, Jack Kilby from Crap. Crab Mac, pff, Crab Shack Music. Played a wonderful ad by him. Want to give him a shout out? Go to crabshackmusic.com. 
uh, and also our network, WI Bridge DC. That's the Washington Informer Bridge DC.com. I want y'all to be on the lookout. We will be having a 420 Wake and Bake Live festival okay we want you to call out of work pay hooky come early do some sunrise yoga with us smoke a blunt play a game participate in our roll off it's going to be a great time we're going to go live from the show we'll release the location here pretty soon it should be under i got it but i can't like i don't see the the red like you know the red around it to drag it in like i got it here but oh because in the previews it's gonna play when you slide it over, it's just gonna play. It's not gonna play in the preview. Got you. Right. Okay. okay. Um, well, I got it so yeah, I have a surprise for you this morning. My good man's, my man Chiquette. Okay. Uh oh, Chiquette. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my man Chiquette released his video for Enamorata. All right, mm. that's his um, girlfriend tonight, and I want you his single pack from like a year and a half ago. I'm so glad to have done some location scouting for the situation, but I take no credit. <laughs> All right, I take no credit. I just want y'all to know when I play this, the moment that I press play right now, <laughs> okay? Okay, the, from the moment that I press play right now, the renaissance has started. When we, I tell them, when the lady of the house slides this little thing on OBS from one side to the other side, <laughs> the, the Chocolate City Renaissance has officially begun. We have been bubbling. Yeah. The whole foundation. The streets laced with gold. My nigga Micah, Kramer, <laughs> Yash, Blackstone, Alex Vaughn. These niggas are flitting calls. These niggas out here doing great things. Yeah. Panama, Reggie, Reggie Valium. These niggas out here doing, we have been bubbling. Yeah. And I love Go-Go, okay? Yeah. This ain't that. No. Okay, I love punk music. Yeah. This ain't that. <laughs> this is soul, baby. Yeah. Okay? The Renaissance, will she slide that button? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, when she slide that button, it's over. No more incubation. Oven preheated. It's ready to go. It's ready. Cookies out the oven. Milk poured. When you slide that button, I swear to you, I swear to you, when you slide that button, the Chocolate City Renaissance is upon us. And when they ask in a hundred years, I want the wake and bake with Bebo Knights of the future to say, he said it, he said it, he slid the button, he slid the button, it's over. Are they ready? <laughs> Are they ready? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you in combination, Chiquette, in combination with J.D. Imani M., one of the best visual presenters and visual artists in the city. Mm -hmm. Featuring some of the best artists in the city, some of the best creators in the city. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you, Chiquette's, I want you.
I wanted to say at the premiere, but you know, you know, I gotta gotta be calm in public. Yeah, although I should just be me. <laughs> All right. Okay, it's over. Here you go. Well, y'all, thank y'all for watching. Hope you enjoyed the surprise. I'm gonna uh, be back. We gonna be back on Tuesday. Make sure you check us out over the weekend. We'll be dropping clips, a couple of compilations. Share, share, share. Love, love, love. But you know, we here to do the work. Right. Right. 
I, I'd be lying to you if I said that I, sometimes I look at the number in the corner of the screen and be like, oh, man, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. But I have reframed my mind. Yeah. We're here to do the work. Right. And if people catch on, cool. If they don't catch on, cool. Mm-hmm. We got sponsors. Right. All right we got to reach. Right. We'll do what we got to do. Good morning. 